Good day. I'm Mark Sylvester, your host for this Hacking the Red Circle conversation, where we talk to people in the TEDx world you'll want to know better. The show is designed to learn what it takes to produce, organize, promote, and create a world-class event. If you're an experienced organizer, you'll get some great tips. Veteran organizers share lessons they've learned so that first-timers can avoid common missteps. There are hundreds of amazing people in the TEDx universe, and we talk to a lot of them. If this is your first time to the show, welcome. We produce Hacking the Red Circle every week. You'll want to subscribe so you don't miss any upcoming episodes. Now, on with the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show. Um, this week, I am in the United States. I'm in the Upper East Coast, and I'm talking with Alexandra. Is it Opeel? Yes, you said it right. <sighs> I'm the first time from TEDx Buffalo, but everybody calls you Alex. Is that right? That's right. Yep. Alex, how are you? Welcome to the show. Good. Thank you for having me. So I'm curious because I don't always keep track. How did you hear about the show the first time? Um, I heard about the show through the TEDx community on Facebook. Uh-huh. Um, I've seen some posts on there, and I've I've heard of other TEDx organizers who have done the show. Oh, great. Yeah, I think we're up to, I think I just did a count about 72 with 30 booked because I'm trying to hit, I'm trying to get to 100 as quick as I can. So it's. That's incredible. And it's only a drop in the bucket if you look at 3,800 events just last year alone. So. Um, I could do this three times a day, every day, and I still wouldn't get to a third of them. So welcome. It's a first though. So how long have you been um, well, different? Um, what was the first time you saw a TED Talk or had an encounter with TED? Um, the first TED Talk I, I watched was in college. Um, that was probably about eight years ago, maybe. Um, and I just remember that I was really excited about it because it felt like uh like I was learning something without it uh, being difficult you know um there were lectures and things like that online that I found interesting but a lot of them were just too long you know they were either t- 2 hours or or something like that and and uh TED talks were perfect that 18 minute format is sure sure perfect isn't it yes and so so, so you're watching talks in college. Was there a, a TEDx that you went to or got invited to and kind of sparked the fire for you? Yeah. So um, I discovered uh, from a post online that there was a TEDx Buffalo, and I was so excited about it. Um, my friends and I, we had watched TED Talks together, so we applied and uh, we went to TEDx Buffalo uh, the second year of it. And uh, we we went to a couple other events um, in the region. Yeah, and uh, other TEDx Buffalo events um, years following. And then uh, I was on their listserv, and they were looking for um, some new organizers, and that's how I got involved with TEDx Buffalo. And what was your first job? Um, the first year, I I was kind of doing a little bit of everything. I was still pretty new, and um, I I wasn't in in a leadership role yet, but I was doing a lot of uh, finding caterers for our events and and little things like that 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 gave me uh, where I could put my toes in the water sure. and and you know take the lead on things that 
weren't make or that wouldn't make or break the event. How big's the team now? Um, there's about twenty of us on the team. How often do you meet? Uh, we meet every other week for about an hour, hour and a half. And do you do that all year long, or just in the run up to the event? Our event is held every year in October, so we start uh, meeting every other week in January. And I'm curious, what? No, okay, so you started doing little things, but now you're the lead organizer, right? So now you're kind of at the um, top yeah. of the food chain, right? Yes. Um, so that happened because uh, our our lead organizer is doing several other events on Buffalo, and he just couldn't take this on anymore. Um, and the gentleman who was the license holder before me uh, had been doing it for about eight years, and he he was getting ready to kind of pass the torch. Sure, so. Sure. I was very uh, enthusiastic about leading and I had no clue how much work it was going to be or anything like that. So I just jumped head first. I became the license holder and the uh, director of the event. And I've been doing that now for three years. So what, tell me what that conversation was like, because I'm imagining that people are listening and they're on they're at some level on the team. Maybe they're not the organizer, but there's someone who's who's now listening and they're thinking about maybe taking that role or shadowing, you know, the person for a year or doing something like that, kind of looking in your rear view mirror now, when was it that it hit you that, yeah, I think I might like to step up and run this. Um, I had, I had been thinking about it uh, throughout the event and I was trying to throughout my first event uh, that I helped organize. And I was trying to put myself in positions where where I could show that I was a good leader and I could show that I could handle, uh, you know, bigger tasks. And I, I would, uh, continually ask, um, is there more that I can do? Um, I wouldn't, I would notice that things needed to be done and I would, you know, I would say, um, you know, can I, can I help you with this or, or can I do it myself? Things like that. And I, I also had a, a really good team behind me that wanted to, uh, kind of teach the next, the next lead organizer, so to speak, and uh, kind of mold that person. So I was lucky in that respect. And I think there are some, there are a lot of uh, TEDx organizers who feel that way, who, who want to make sure that, that should they not be able to do it anymore, that somebody else can. Um, so I would say just be open with your, with your fellow organizers and, and try to, uh, Take on as many tasks as you can and see if it's something that you can really handle. Now, I'm going to guess that you have a day job. What's your day job? I do. I'm a project manager at a real estate development company. Nice. So so you're used to keeping track of lots of little things. Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> Would you say that's a, uh, an, an important skill for the lead organizer to have? Oh, I think it's 100% necessary to be very organized. Um, the lead, the lead organizer is kind of like the quarterback. So if your event goes well, you you get a lot of the glory. But if it goes terribly or something goes wrong, then you're the one who has to explain it to everybody, uh, both your fellow organizers and people who have paid for tickets. So um, I think organization has helped me a ton. It, it's helped my fellow organizers. Um, 
just in, in meeting flowing and, and making sure that things are done and that we don't miss anything. Um, it's very important. Do you, do you have a particular technology that you all use as a team that helps you keep track of everything? Uh, yes, we use Basecamp. Got it. Um, and I think it's a great system. Um, so, so we use Basecamp, and then within Basecamp, you can create uh, smaller teams. And we have uh, our whole 2018 event now, and then we have a sponsorship team. Um, we call it an experience team, and they focus on like the day of activities, the food, um, graphic design, that kind of thing. We have um, a website technology team, um, and then an administrative team. So we, we love Basecamp. I've used other other um, apps like Slack uh, for work, but I, I think Basecamp uh, for what what we do in our TEDx and I think what a lot of other TEDxs you um, do, I think Basecamp's a great a great system. You really need to have your your technology platforms, everything that you're using, really dialed in, don't you? Oh, I agree. Yeah, we're we're sharing so many um, files and, and notifications, um, ideas back and forth, and and uh, to do list. Basecamp just really their system works great, great for us. You said you know sharing ideas. One of the things that I'm I'm always curious about is the process by which we come up with the theme for our event. Tell me about Buffalo's process for that. Um, so first, before we pick a theme, we, we always choose our speakers. Um, and then once we have our speakers chosen, we, we look at them and their talk, uh, titles and, and what they're going to be talking about. And then we try to pick a very broad theme that will, you know, is overarching and everyone, everybody can kind of fit into it. So this year our theme was connect, um, and years past it's been, perspectives and ignite so it's always a very vague mm-hmm. term that we can uh, come up with a cool logo for it and you know just so that we don't uh, you know put ourselves in a corner you know that's the first time that i've heard that the theme comes afterwards a lot of times what happens is there's the theme and then they go chasing ideas to fit within it and you look at it backwards was that was that a purposeful thing? Has it always been that way? Oh, that was a purposeful thing. Um, it hasn't always been that way. And and we've fallen under the same category where you have to then find a speaker who falls under something like um, the world in your backyard was one of our um, themes. And, and if you have a great speaker and then you kind of have to find a way for them to, to fit under a, under a theme that they might not have otherwise, it it gets a little, it gets a little tricky. And I don't think that the, for us, at least the theme is that huge of a focus that, um, that it matters that we pick the speakers first. It's interesting how, how that's exactly right. Cause if the theme is super focused, then everybody's tying everything back to the theme. And mm-hmm. the person who's watching the video six months, a year, 18 months from now, 
doesn't know that there was a theme or how that thing tied into theme. And they don't understand the connective tissue between all of the various talks. So it, it kind of doesn't matter. Right. Yeah, exactly. So that's how we look at it. And, um, we have, we haven't had any issues with, um, picking our speakers first and then trying to find some sort of theme that, that how, fits. That. How big is your event? Um, we have about five to 600 people at our event. And is it at the same venue every year or do you move it around? Um, it's, it's generally now at this, the same venue. We switched about three years ago. Um, our old, our old venue only held about a hundred people. Oh. Um, and this one's much larger. We're you- in a, renovated church which is really awesome oh nice nice yeah what is it that you do for your event to to make it uniquely speak to the community and be integrated in to the things that are important to the people your your audience um i think one of the unique things that we do which we haven't always done is that uh we hold our event on a week night rather than huh. do a full day event um, we found that a lot of people weren't able to make the event because they couldn't take a full day off of work. Um, so we hold our event on a Thursday night from about 6 to 9.30 p.m. And then we do a little um, almost after party gathering after. Um, so I think that makes our, our event unique. We have done the full day event and uh, it just wasn't as successful. So in how, terms many, of how many speakers is that? Is that, what, eight or nine? Yeah, this year we had uh, nine. The year before we had ten. And I think this year we're going to we're gonna try to cut it back to maybe six. It, after a full day of work and, uh, and everything, it's at night. People have to go to work the next day, and so, sometimes nine speakers is just a little too much. Interesting. So you're really thinking about your audience's ability to absorb all of that. Yes. Even as organizers this year, we, I mean, we were pumped to be there and to to see it happen. But towards the end, we were like, Ooh, I'm getting tired. You know? (laughs) Yeah. Right. Right. It does. It does. um, There's, there's so much mental energy that you need to, to stay on top of it. Plus you're running the event, you're doing all those things. Now, is there with, within that, um, cause I'm thinking you probably don't have a break and you say that you do, you have a break in the middle of that. Got it. So it's like three and then a break and then three and then a party and you're out. Uh, yeah, we do. Uh, we did five and then a break and then four. Do you have music or performers or any, arts related type of interstitial things? Um, not this, this year we did not. Um, the year before we did have a performer, but what I did differently this year, what we did differently this year was, um, we put in little video clips between the, uh, between the speakers, just 45 video clips, similar, uh, the people who went to Ted fest will, will have seen this. Um, and they just, they just kind of broke up the, the, uh, event and they didn't really have anything to do with anything. They were just either funny, funny clips or, or little, uh, video shorts and people really enjoyed that. Those are fun curating those. Is there somebody in charge of that? 
Um, I was in charge of that. I was the, I went to Ted Fest last year and um, everyone was kind of very confused when I said, why don't we just throw in these little videos in between, in between the talks and um, they didn't really understand what I meant. And then I, you know, I, I plucked out a few, a few different ones that were shown at, um, at Ted Fest and uh, I used those and, and everybody loved them, and they, they really did break up the event, and I, I would totally recommend that to other organizers. I 1,000% agree. We we um, will roll much like they do at TED in Vancouver and have done for many, many years. We'll roll maybe a three- to four-minute, you know, really beautiful film of, that's mm. evocative of some nature. This year we did uh, Surf, and we did this amazing museum piece. And it has a way of settling the crowd and getting yeah. them quiet. And, and in fact, people wrote in the after show survey how much they enjoyed those. And, and please find more awesome clips. So it's like, yeah, it, it, they kind of get you in the mood. Yeah, it does. It really does. Is there a, a unique food that you serve at TEDx Buffalo? Um, all of our uh, food is local and something new we tried this year was, uh, food trucks. So before, because it's, uh, it's around dinner time that people are coming. Uh, we had food trucks stationed outside. Um, one of our food trucks was, uh, pierogies, which is a Buffalo thing. Um, okay, cool. Yeah. So we had a pierogi truck, we had a barbecue truck. Um, and we had another truck that had a lot of, uh, vegan vegetarian options. Um, and then there's a, at the venue, there is a full service bar, um, with some, and there were, we had a a bakery, make some baked goods, things like that. So I know the, uh, organizers who are logistically minded and sponsorship minded are wondering, did, uh, the attendees pay or did the food trucks sponsor and give away food for free? Um, this was our first year doing the food trucks, so we just had the uh, the attendees pay. Um, I think it, it's a lot easier that way. Um, in the past, we had uh, done something where we had catered um, like tacos and burritos, and we had attendees sign up for those prior to the event, and they um, paid for them, and we we brought the food and then we had to hand it out to the right people. And it was just oh my gosh. nightmare, a nightmare. So the food trucks allow people to, uh, buy what they want, how much they want. Um, if they even want it. And, uh, yeah, it works out well. We don't charge that much for, for tickets. So what are your tickets cost? Um, well, they went up this year to $20. They went up to $20. So I think some of our, so yeah, $10. So what's your total budget then? I mean, what's the whole thing cost you? Um, the whole thing probably costs us around 10 grand a year, maybe a little less. All in 100%. Everything you do, $10,000. Yeah. We, we get a great deal on our venue, a really great deal on our venue. And it also helps that we're, we're held on a Thursday, not a Saturday, because trying to get a, a venue during wedding season on a Saturday would be insane. And so every, it sounds like all of your production is donated as well. It would have to be. 
Um, yes, this year we 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 had our uh, video sponsored, um, which which was a big help. Um, if that if that wasn't sponsored, it would have been a, a pretty big hit to us. Um, we do pay for for mics and the screen, um, and then we have a couple technical guys who run like this the slideshows and everything like that. So right. they're volunteers. Oh, I love that. I'm, I'm I'm still reeling from that, knowing knowing what my budget is and knowing we're going into, you know, raising the money for our event, which will probably be well, very near yours. Will be towards the end of uh, September. What? Mm-hmm. You know, you, you've done this now for many years. What's been the biggest, my biggest surprise right now is how you do an event for five to 600 for, for $10,000. But what's been your biggest surprise? Um, my biggest surprise was probably how widespread TEDx is. Um, what, is what, what does that mean exactly? When, when I, when I was going to, TEDx Buffalo events before I was organizing and even when I was organizing, uh, not really as the lead organizer, just a general organizer. Um, the event was so centered on Buffalo and, uh, Buffalo speakers, Buffalo issues, Buffalo food that I couldn't really grasp how widespread TEDx is. And then after I became, uh, the lead organizer and I went to TED Fest, and I met all these people from all over the world, and um, I really, I really grasped how how large TEDx mm-hmm. is, and and um, just the different events that everybody's doing, and how different everyone's events are, but still fall under the the umbrella of ideas worth spreading. Um, I think that I think that was definitely the biggest surprise: how many resources there are out there to help you. Um, and it wasn't until I went to TED Fest that I uh, that I knew that the TEDx community Facebook page was even a thing. Um, I didn't know that there was a TED TEDx hub um, on the TED site. So um, I think that was that was probably my biggest surprise in terms of my myself. But for our event, uh, the biggest surprise. We did have a speaker walk off stage once. Oh no! Yeah, what that was happened? Our, yeah, mid talk, mid talk, mid talk. What happened? It, nerves just got the best of her. Oh my god! Couldn't do it. She walked off stage. Um, just had to keep rolling, and then she you calmed didn't, down. You didn't talk her back into going up. Later, later in the event, she calmed down, and and uh, the crowd was really, really great sports about it, and. She cheered her back on and sure, I bet. She, she uh came on and, and did her talk full the whole way through. So that you gotta just be, you know, bob and weave. Yeah, no, exactly right. I I haven't had that one happen. We've we've had some interesting ones and I'm sure we could probably do a whole show of stories like that. Um, oh for sure. I, I'm I'm curious uh, in thinking about going to Ted Fest, that must have felt um, exhilarating and a little overwhelming uh, to go into that room. I'm looking forward to to going this year. It's one of the favorite things I do. I used to mm-hmm. go to Vancouver and Long Beach and Monterey, um, but I feel more with my tribe 
when I met Fest. Uh, our first uh, non, well, it was it's a TED event, but we went to the summit in 2016. Uh-huh. And when you were around so many organizers, to your point, the diversity of approaches, which is, I think, what um, inspired me to do this show, was to be able to talk to all these, not just only the four days we're in New York, but, you know, every week get to yeah. talk to a few interesting people, uh, such as yourself. I, I had a question that went back. I did a little research that you're a scientist and a chemist. Is that right? By training? Yeah, that that's what I went to college for. And uh, I worked at a, uh, at a pharmaceutical company in their lab for uh, about three years. And then I decided to take the leap and switch over to uh, real estate development. Nice. Not yeah. an exact dotted line, but um, I'm sure yeah. you, you found a path through that. What what's yeah. what's been the the biggest challenge to you? I mean, I, I'm going to go back to that ten thousand um, dollars. How you how you afford to do this event? But what what's the biggest kind of ongoing challenge you have? Um, I would say it's probably sponsorship. Um, Buffalo is a pretty small city and there are a lot of events going on and there are a limited number of businesses. So we're all trying to fight for the same sponsorship money from the same businesses. And that gets a little difficult. Um, especially when there are so many events going on that are worth sponsoring. Um, you know, it's hard, it's hard to say that you're, any more worthy than another event, but um, yeah, sponsorship's definitely definitely difficult for us, and and it's hard to it's hard to uh, you know cold call or cold email businesses and ask. It's it's hard to continually ask uh, you know friends that own businesses and things like that to to donate their money to you. Um, so that's. That's definitely a challenge for us, especially when when you see other TEDxes that have um, crazy crazy high budgets. Um, I one of the organizers at TED Fest last year told me that her her budget is somewhere around ninety grand. So that just blew me away. I, I can't even fathom how how we would make ninety grand. A lot of our our budget comes from the pre- previous year's ticket sales. So I would say like a $5,000 in sponsorship every year is good for us. I'm, I'm, I'm very impressed. Someone once said, it's not that we lack resources, we lack resourcefulness. And it yeah. sounds like your team is extremely resourceful. Um, one of the things I like to find out is the superpower of our guests. You know, is it, is it curating, marketing, producing, organizing, partnering? collaborating what what do you think is the thing you're best at um i think personally i'm best at um organization but as an event i think we we really are good at curating um like i said we our budget is not huge so we have to come up with uh unique ways to to engage people and um kind of low budget activities if you will um, we're also, like I said, we're in a renovated church, so there's a certain level of ambiance that that comes from that. Uh, and B- Buffalo is a 
an old Rust Belt town, so there's there tends to be a certain level of, you know, not expecting anything wonderful. And we really create an event where you walk in and it's really unlike anything else in our city. So uh, we're, we're really proud to host an event in Buffalo that's not about food or or alcohol or the waterfront and or a specific heritage. Um, so, so yeah, I would say curating is our, our strong point. It's interesting that you, you said that, um, the expectations are low. <laughs> the audience. So you come in and you, you know, you kind of blow them away. Give, give me an example of, um, what's going through someone's mind when they walk in the doors, 500 people, that's, that's a significant number of people. And they, they walk mm-hmm. in, what's that experience like for them? Um, there's really no other event like it in Buffalo that is just based on um, just creativity and intellect. Uh, we're starting to get more into like the startup scene here in Buffalo. That's a huge thing. Um, but that's more more business. And this is just coming together as a group and talking about right, right. our challenges and what we face in Buffalo. And it really, it really draws the the creative people out of the woodwork, the people who want to make a change. Um, and it, it, it almost gives them a space to be free in their, in their thoughts and their creativity and, and to discuss what they, what they want to see Buffalo as and, and um, how we can best get there. It makes me ask the question, do you, with this idea of changing Buffalo and and looking for change and identifying challenges and things like that, do you have a relationship with the leadership of Buffalo and are they invited to participate and be a part of that conversation? Yes, we've had uh, the mayor at some of our events, um, other leadership in Buffalo, uh, big businesses are there. Um, So there are a lot of of very important people who have both given talks and, and um, watched the talks. So we're very, we're very lucky about that, that we've, we've definitely made a name for ourselves here and uh, that, that people really respect what we're doing and they respect TEDx. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. I think that's a, it's an important part of uh, any event is to invite the people who can, who can help you get where you want to go with, with what you're doing. And the other part is back to the mission of ideas worth spreading, right? It's like, these are ideas that are locally grown ideas and we want to do something about that. And um, I had a talk with, um, with TEDx Brisbane uh, with Juanita Mm -hmm. and her, I mean, their whole year long activity is around how do they engineer change, right? How do they use those ideas to, to make a difference there in their city? And I, I hear that many times. So I kind of got that vibe from you that there, yeah. there might be something like that going on in Buffalo. Yeah, we definitely strive for that for sure. I think from a, just as a, a guy who does a lot of sponsorship stuff, uh, mm-hmm. I would lead, I would relook at your sponsorship packet and lead with the, the quote, our event is unlike anything else in the city, right? Mm-hmm. That's, you know, you need to be different. It's like, um, don't be the best in Buffalo at producing events. Be the only one in Buffalo that produces an event like this. And that yeah. will be a magnet for people who are attracted 
to that mm-hmm. and want to see uh, see you succeed. Which um, yeah, that's a great point. Um, what advice would you give for we we got a little bit of advice at the head of the show uh, mm-hmm. in terms of a team member who's thinking about you know taking a more active role and like you said you, you kind of you leaned into it right you know you just you looked for opportunities to volunteer and, and take charge and people are like, well, Alex is doing this, you know, and she's, she's is up for that. What advice mm-hmm. would you give to those team members who are considering, wow, do I want to, I'm going to go back to another quote. You said, I had no clue how much work it would be. <laughs> so yeah. what's, what's the advice that you give them knowing full well in all transparency that it's, it is a lot of work. Um, yeah. So beyond, uh, just expecting that it's going to be a lot of work. Um, I keep going back to, to the TED Fest thing, but try to get to uh, uh, an actual TED event. Try to go to other TEDx events near you. Um, talk to other organizers and try to get get on um, other TEDx's social medias and you can see what they're doing. Um, the more ideas that you have to, to work off of, the better you'll be. And a lot of our our great of i our great ideas have been uh, based on on things that other other TEDxes are doing that we can kind of uh, ch- change around and fit to to our TEDx event. That's exactly why I do the show because I I want to learn as well. So it's an opportunity for me to have a conversation with you. Oh, it just so happens we're recording it and sharing it with everybody else. But I look at TEDx Santa Barbara as a bit of a laboratory for mm-hmm. these new ideas. My team, I think my team has a love-hate relationship with me in that because I, you know, you just get this great idea and you come in, okay, this is what we're going to do. And this is who, mm-hmm. who, did, who did he talk to last? Yep. Yeah, I get that too. Yeah. Uh, sometimes they just, they, uh, they didn't see what you saw and, and then they don't get it. And then it, you make it happen and it's, it works out wonderfully. And everybody goes, yay, that was such a good thing yeah. uh, that we did. So your next event is coming up in October. And what are you most looking forward to? Um, so this year we, like I said, we increased our ticket prices last year. So we've got a little bit of a surplus budget. So we decided that what we're going to try to do is cut back on the number of attendees and instead of doing uh, plastic fold-out chairs we were going to do like bean bags and couches and uh, things like that so I think that will be really awesome if we can pull it off and uh, it will it will give a different vibe to our to our event. And I'm going to bet a dollar that you got that idea when you were at Ted Fest. Yes. Yes. Yeah. The funny thing is one of, one of my other organizers brought the idea up. Like what, what can we do? Because so many people had been complaining about the plastic chairs and it's really all we can afford. Um, all we could have afford, um, in the past. And, they were like, why don't we just get like some cool funky chairs? And I was like, oh my God, that's what they did at Ted Fest. So we try that. So um, we're, we're looking forward to that. And I hope that the audience members will, will love it as well. 
I would love to hear from other organizers who are listening to the show right now who have taken innovative approaches to the seating. Um, mm-hmm. There's, I'm just, I'm curious how you've done that. I've seen so many different things. I, I mean, I'm incessantly curious and looking at how people do things. Uh, so where you have, I'm thinking of uh, Katie in Montreal, Katie, um, I know you do your event in a huge warehouse and you have to bring things in. So what are the kinds of seating considerations? I know one year we um, couldn't fit everybody in the main screening room. So we got another big ballroom in the hotel and went and, and uh, had end up buying bean bags. Um, and oh, really? Yeah. And that was because then what do I do with the bean bags after the, I mean, it was just, it was not a good idea. Um, but, but I, you know, finding a sponsor who could bring, come and bring that kind of stuff in for you would be fantastic. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. Take out a little cleaning insurance, maybe. Right. Yeah. Or do something like that. Yeah. So, so um, Alex, as we kind of wind things down here, um, you had suggested like your advice was go, you know, go to a big Ted event, when you Ted women fest summit, yes. uh, Vancouver, whatever global, um, or go to a TEDx around you. So if I can put you on, turn our, our red carpet into a magic carpet, where, where would I take you? Um, I would really love to check out TEDx Sydney, um, or any of the super large TEDx events. It, when I see the photos, it just blows my mind that right. that these events can happen. And I think about our our TEDx event where there's 500 people and the amount of just question emails I get and and trying to make sure everything's coordinated and figure out the budget. I I'm just blown away when I see these these giant events, and I would love to be able to see them uh, see them in person. You um, now, do you know that there is a TED Fest Facebook page for all the attendees for 2018? Are you aware of that? Yes, I'm on it. And so you might want to check to see who's going and who does events of more than 3,000 people. And I'm Mm -hmm. sure you're going to find a few and go sit and chat with them. And uh, like going to Sao Paulo, um, there were 5,000, and then the, the venue said, you know, we hold a hundred thousand, so maybe you bump it to ten thousand, and or you know, it's like, and they built a television studio. I mean, it's it's some of these. Is that the, is that the one that was held in in? Uh, it looked like a sports. Yes, it's in a soft, big soccer stadium. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness! Yeah, that's to me that just blows it blows my mind that that uh, people just similar to me are are out there. No, that's the that. whole thing, right? It's this is all citizen civilian driven we're not um event producers or anything like that we fall in love with ideas and we want to bring them to our community and and we want to do whatever it takes and which is why learning from one another is such an important thing there was a tedx in india that i saw two days ago had seven thousand people it's the largest one in india and the video that they made was was so evocative and emotional and they captured the spirit of the people so perfectly that I instantly mm-hmm. reached out and said, please, I want you to be on the show. I want to, I want, I, I want to understand I mean, how do you, I, don't, I just don't even, our event's 300 people and that's just plenty big enough for me. Thank you. Uh-huh. I, I don't want to do all the other stuff. 
so as we come to the very end, the thing you've got to have a, a great hack and our listener knows that this is that thing that you can do that doesn't cost you anything besides you don't have any budget. Uh, mm-hmm. what, what's the, the thing you do? I'm going to, for you, it's going to be the thing you do that doesn't cost you any money, but you feel has the biggest impact on the event. Um, that would be, this falls under the organization, but what I do is I have a file of all of the past like press releases that I sent out, the uh, speaker acceptance letters, the the information that I send to request the venue, the microphone, the RFP for the um, video, all that is, is saved and it's saved in order of when it was sent out so that um, now I can, I can go back and, and I have kind of a, a timeline of the things that I need to send out so that one, I don't forget it. And two, I don't have to spend any time, you know, recreating an email and, uh, for example, a venue email where, um, in the past we had, we had looked for, for other venues. We won't be we do, doing that this year, but you know, it, it would, ha- it would say we need, you know, this, this kind of bar, this seating, we need room for this kind of, uh, screen, et cetera. So, um, that, that's definitely helped and definitely saved a ton of time just to be able to copy and paste, copy and paste is definitely your friend. So it's like a, uh, a- would it, is it fair to say it's like a communications calendar? Yes, almost. Love that. That's um, yeah, because as you know, there's there's so many things that you have to redo every year. It's like I'm, I know I'm gonna have to do that. I know I'm gonna have to do that. I know I'm gonna have to yeah. do that. And so you you have a timeline. Every you know, it's interesting in, in talking to events. I like to know like how long do you spend you know working on it? And uh, I was online helping event uh on the east coast last week and talking to their team and you know one of them said well you know how far in advance should we plan i said well you know six months out you should have your speakers selected for sure so that you can start working with them and by the way when's your event i said oh in nine weeks it's like oh no and we're having this conversation now okay guys Uh next year you're going to start the day after the show when you wake up from your mm-hmm. nap because you want to you want to spend a little yeah. more than nine weeks working on the show. Yeah, it's you got to start early, and the first year, what there was a lot of time on coming up with with forms and and emails and everything. But I went into it thinking I need this to be useful for all the years to come. So. Um, yeah, put, you put a lot of work in, in the front and then you can kind of coast and, you know, in the back end, but how how are you on the, on the day of, are you running around? Are you pretty chill? Um, I'm like a chilled panic. (laughs) So, so I, uh, the, the dress rehearsal the day before I was, I was very chill. Then the morning of the event, you know, panic, and then I'm chill, and then uh, we had a little snafu with 
with parking this year, the communications between uh, when we were going to get a parking lot and that kind of threw me for a little bit, but after a while, you're like, it's gonna, it's gonna work or it's not it's gonna, gonna work. Yeah, it's right. Exactly. It'll be what it, what it is meant to be, right? Hmm. Well, Alex, thank you so much for spending time with us. I appreciate it. I look forward to uh, seeing you in person uh, yeah. at Fest Wait. and introducing you to a bunch of people. And uh, you'll join us at our dinner. Uh, yes, we'll I- have a bunch of other hackers there, and uh, will be a tremendous amount of fun. And uh, you get Great. to kind of. Uh, uh, expand your horizons even more, right? Yes, I'm I'm so happy, and uh, thank you so much for having me. Great. Thank you so much. Thanks. Thanks for listening to Hacking the Red Circle. Have an idea for a guest for the show? Or would you like to tell us your TEDx story? Just drop me a note in an email to mark at hackingtheredcircle.com. Please be sure to rate, write, and review the show on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast. Makes a huge difference. And share the show with your team as we seek to grow our audience around the world. Until next time, this is Mark Sylvester, your host for Hacking the Red Circle.